0: That's shopify.com slash special offer.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 73 of Take a Bow. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and this week we have another very exciting episode. Uh, we have a very exciting episode with a very good friend of mine. Um, he and I have known each other for... The past like 7 years I want to say. Um regardless, he's another child actor, which seems to be the preferred guests on these shows. Uh it's amazing how well these child actor episodes do. And now he's killing it in the TV land uh, as he plays Eli Stabler in Law and Order Organized Crime. So exciting stuff here. If you don't know already, it's Nikki Torsha who has been a um very requested guest on this show um for those of you who may not know nikki torsha he also uh has done he also does the music this wonderful music for take a bow um that you all hear in between these little intros and the interview which is kind of my favorite part of the episodes honestly i love that little beat anyways let's dive right in um because we have a great episode coming up and he talks about so many great things and we reminisce on a lot of really really fun memories um it it gives a um informative uh kind of type interview or in conversation uh but a lot of it too is also just like Reminiscing and kind of giving everyone a peek behind the curtain of what it was like when we did a show together. Uh, we talked a lot about kind of memories and how it all worked. And uh, we focused a lot on A Christmas Story, which was the show that we did together. Um, so that's coming right up. But first, I have to talk about some of the amazing things that I've seen this past couple weeks. Okay, so I dropped the ball. And did not talk about Dear Evan Hansen last week when I promised that I would. And I just want to say that I apologize in advance because literally I like stopped and I submitted the audio and I was like, oh my God, I didn't talk about Dear Evan Hansen and like I have been waiting. So now's my chance to do so. Everyone buckle up. Dear Evan Hansen was absolutely incredible. Okay, I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care Who's going to judge me for saying that I, I really enjoyed the movie? Um, You know, it, it's if you saw Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway and you saw Ben Platt and Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway, you're not going to have a problem with seeing Dear Evan Hansen the movie. OK, like for us theater people that are going to see it, which are the people who are going to see it, because that is the audience of Dear Evan Hansen. We're going to love it. Okay? It's, like, the movie critics and the movie buffs who don't like movie musicals and who who's really, like, by the book and the film industry and blah, blah, blah. um, All these, like, unwritten rules that are kind of, like, come up with by critics. I don't know. It's just, like... It's madness, and I feel like the the movie uh deserves more uh positive feedback and a p- more positive response because I think it was done very very well. I thought Ben Platt was incredible, uh, arguably a better performance than uh the musical. Um, I appreciated how they kind of toned a lot down because it was more for movie. Um, but. Uh, they didn't, but in a way that it like helped the story, you know, it didn't like hurt the story because, you know, they took stuff out. They took out four songs and they added two. I did miss disappear a lot. I would have loved to have here. Uh, I would have loved to have heard Colton Ryan who played Jared sing disappear. Uh, but they gave him another song, which was really beautiful. Um, that is not in the musical. Um, so maybe I guess that was like the cancellation. Anybody has a map did anybody have a map was cut? Uh to break in a glove was cut, although there was references to it. Um and then there was one other cut. Oh, uh, Good For You was cut. Um and I thought that was interesting because I kinda liked I liked what that did for the story. But they did give uh Alana a song and that was kind of like her only like main song in the show so they gave her her own song so maybe that was a cancellation and um they obviously like jared has his moment in um uh, sincerely me and the mom has her moment in so big so small so i guess they kind of just got rid of anybody have a map and um to break in a glove and they just nixed it and then the rest kind of re made up for it, I guess, and kind of just switched things up. Um, either way, I thought both of them were fantastic. I mean, I I will say I'm attached to the Broadway music. However, I found this music to be incredible. I'm actually really addicted to Anonymous uh, Anonymous Ones, which is the new song uh, that Alana has. And I would love to have heard Crystal and Lord Lloyd sing this song, um, because I think it would have been amazing but the but nonetheless it was still amazing the score was incredible um the acting was incredible it was toned down they made jared gay um they they had all of these like little changes that kind of just like progressed progressed the story and kind of made sense um and then of course they you know you're sitting down and you're in the theater right and you're like oh my god this is like word for word the musical. And then 5 minutes in when you forget that Evan Hansen is played by Ben Platt who's like actually like 29 and not 18, um it kind of just slips out of your mind people as soon as you see it. I promise. Um anyways, that was another dig. I'm sorry. Um I will be less passive. <laughs> um and uh oh, shoot, where was I going with that? Um I was saying that um when you're like five minutes in and then you're like, wait, no, it's actually not going to be a word for word reiteration of the musical. And so I, I really enjoyed it. I, I loved everyone's performances. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's just like, it was so different yet so similar all at the same time. And you know, like you, you see it, like the, the first way you see it is always the way that you're going to remember it. So like the whole time I was just like envisioning it, with, like, the people on Broadway and stuff like that. I don't know. That's just me. Um, But I thought, nonetheless, incredible. Uh, It's going to 100% win uh, some award. Um, Pazic and Paul did an incredible job with the arrangements for the new uh, movie um, and their small uh, changes that they had made. Ben Platt, arguably a better performance than he had in his Tony Award-winning performance um, in the musical. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I I can't say enough good things about it. I've literally tried to recommend it to everyone who has said it's bad. Um, And I've kind of uh, fought them on it because I don't think it's true. And I don't think it was bad. And people just listen to the critics. And so I'm trying to be my own critic and encouraging other people to go see this freaking movie because I thought it was so good. Um, Next topic. Let's see what else I saw. Um, is this a room? Oh my God. Okay. Is this a room is currently playing and it literally just opened on Monday. So happy opening. Is this a room? Yes. Round of applause. Yes. Um, and this show was absolutely incredible. Now I've said on here before that I am not as into plays as I am a musical. Okay. And I'm going to explain that in the next show that I saw. So I saw, is this a room? And usually during plays, I kind of, I get kind of lost, you know, midway through, and I'm just like, all right, when's there a song gonna break out so that like I get some energy or whatnot? Um, But in this freaking play, that was never the case. Okay, this play was absolutely incredible. This is the interrogation between the FBI and Reality Winner who was, I don't know, some of you may know, some of you may not, but I'm going to explain it. Um, she kind of had a lead that the 2016 election kind of got interfered with, um, with the Russian government. And there was some sketchy things going on within the 2016 election. She was trying to leak it to news sources. Um, and then FBI... Got a hold of this information that she was trying to she they got like a tip that she was trying to leak these this story and was trying to report it to news sources and whatnot so she like wrote this article right and then sent it to like new news publishers news companies and like publishers and whatnot so she um is questioned. So the FBI inter- uh, gets it and basically stopped it from getting to the news source and they, they interfere and um, they, they just block that message going through. Um, fascinating stuff. Absolutely like crazy that this like even happens. And like the FBI like reads all of that. And it's just like, it's, it's insane what goes on in this government. And um. This show really does that for you, and I'm really getting into that here in college. I'm in microeconomics, and I'm just like, I'm just so fascinated by all of this. So this was a great time for me to see the show. So Emily Davis who is actually made her Broadway is making her Broadway debut in this show, um, and this and she plays Reality Winner, so she's like the main girl. These all of these actors barely leave the stage. She does not, um, at all. Uh, she's on the stage. Every second, um, and then the FBI agents are are pretty much on the stage the entire time as well. Um, it is it is absolutely fascinating. It, it leaves you thinking. It leaves you like, what is my life? <laughs> it like literally leaves you with so many thoughts and so many questions. And like literally, I, I like the whole time. It's just like, whoa. Like the next sentence is like, it, it just gets crazier and crazier and just the fact that like I was watching the show and I was like Eli this is a real conversation that actually happened like I feel like it made it just like that much better and that much like Mind-boggling in, in inside of my head. Um, now I saw it in previews. Um, it was a couple weeks ago, actually, and I just like haven't mentioned it because I, it just slipped my mind. And um, it, we've had the Broadway flea market and the Tonys and everything. It was just, it was just madness. Um, and it was actually in between the Tony and Broadway flea market, so it was just a week or two ago. Um, and could you not? I like I said, not always the biggest fan of plays absolutely loved this play um i will 100 percent be back i i literally like this is a show that i would go see again and i i don't do that often with like any type of shows on broadway so um huge shout out to is this a room I really hope it, it does well and gets the press and um, ticket sales that it deserves uh, Dory Berenstein who's a part of the Broadway podcast Network is actually one of the producers on it um, so like huge shout out to her for making this happen and making this come to Broadway and tell this story that even though it's a real story and it's something that's been reported she was in jail and everything like that Um I still like didn't know about it. Like I, I still wasn't aware of this of this case and everything. Um and and interestingly enough, she was in jail indefinitely throughout the Trump administration and the second that uh the Biden administration came in, uh, they kinda released her and they are just monitoring her now. So, um, I also thought that was interesting. They threw her in jail, um, just to basically ensure that they wouldn't leak anything else. So it would be, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the thought process was, but I thought it was interesting that uh, kind of when in tw- it, she got put in in 2016 and then got out in 2020, which is like right when Biden took over. So I was like, hmm, interesting. Um, wild stuff. Wild stuff. Great story. Great show. Uh, will definitely re- highly recommend uh, Is This a Room. Now, for my favorite uh, that I've been talking about for weeks on this show, uh, on this podcast, Waitress the Musical. Everyone, I saw Waitress the Musical again, and I cannot be happier. I literally just got home from it, and I'm literally recording it, recording right now when I came home, and um, it's 11.40 p.m. right now, and I am talking about all of my incredible show endeavors, but waitress, I saw waitress again and I'm so happy. Um, I could not be happier. I saw it with Sarah Bareilles. Apparently she was out last night. So I was freaking out. Um, I was like, Oh my God, please make her in it. Please make her in it. But I was like, she only has like four shows left. How can she not do it? She did it. Ah, insane. Okay. So lots to talk about here so this show like this it's just absolutely incredible i've seen this show like seven times now i think this was like my sixth or seventh time seeing it and i like it more and more every time and i also like and, like, oh, did they change that every time? Now, that could be because th- they actually did change stuff because it was, like, off-Broadway and it just, like, reopened. And technically, this is, like, a revival. um. So they can change things. But I was, like, I don't know. Like, I was kind of questioning it. Anyways, not important. So now for the best part of the whole show tonight, um, I don't know if anybody, uh, if all of you have seen the show, some of you may... Um, For those of you who have seen the show and you understand the context of It Only Takes a Taste, um, incredible. Okay, so Drew Gelling walks on stage for the scene. His mic doesn't work. And everyone, everyone like kind of picks up on it, but no one's like having a big deal about it. So anyways, we're we're sitting there and we're just like admiring the fact that Drew Gelling is giving his best 1800s theater performance where he's just projecting his talking voice to the back row of the mezzanine. And it's just like giving and he's just giving it all and he's killing it. Um, and Sarah Bareilles is totally getting a kick out of it. And both of them are. And they're kind of having fun with it. That's like how funny this is. Um, but the audience still wasn't like, they didn't want to, like, make it awkward or anything, so they were just, like, kind of going along with it. So then, in the middle of the scene, like, right before the song comes on, Drew Gelling's like, hey, Jenna, which is Sarah Brellis' role, "Um, do you mind if we switch seats? So, the reason that they did that, no one picked up on it, except me and my friend, Alexa Nijak, who went to the show with me. Um, Everyone thought it was part of the bit, and part of, like, the scene. But, it was actually because the entire time Sarah Bareilles would like talk and like do her thing, and when it was Drew's turn to talk, which is Doctor Pometer. um, and they kind of have like this relationship in a way, and so every time like Drew had to talk, Sarah would kind of like turn her head to where the mic would like pick up his voice in like some capacity, um, and it was like hilarious. So Drew obviously picked up on this and was like oh, do you mind if we switch seats? Basically saying, so you don't have to keep turning your head and blah, blah, blah. It was incredible because they kind of like had this like awkward laugh in it and it like the audience was laughing, but no one understood like why. And then it's still like kind of working kind of not cuz it's like this weird dynamic in the in the in the scene where they can't really be like super close together yet uh they're kind of like standoffish but she's trying to help him out it's hilarious okay and then the the music starts but their scene is still going and drew like picks up his cue late cuz they had to finish the scene so he starts like mid song and then Sarah Bareilles is just, like, cracking up on stage. And all of a sudden, she goes, Wait! Start it over! And the audience goes, like, freaking nuts. And the audience is loving life right now. And she was like, You all... Like, she, like, turns to the audience, like, You all understand what's happening right now, right? We're trying to share a mic, blah, blah, blah. Like, sorry. Like, <laughs> and, like literally, like, has a conversation with the audience. At, like, in between... Like this setup for the for the song, and it's just like absolutely hilarious. Um, <laughs> and so, um, so they start the song over, and it's just still like not working out. And now everyone's like caught on to the fact that there is no microphone for Drew Gelling when he's supposed to have a microphone, and they're kind of sharing it, obviously because she kind of announced it. Um, and so, like everyone's enjoying this bit even though it's still not working. So then eventually, (laughs) and then eventually one of the ensemble members comes on and gives Drew Gelling a handheld mic, like a mic that you would like perform with, not like a, like not like your typical show microphone. And so he's doing He like incorporates the microphone into the show. Like, so he gives him the mic, right? The ensemble member, they give him the mic and um, he he's he ghost to singing it. That doesn't work. And he's like, Is this a joke? Like literally, like flat out said, What is happening? Like like he said something. I can't remember exactly. Anyways, uh, so I don't want to be misquoted, but he was like totally like adding a bit to it, and it was just it was the best performance of is it it only takes a taste uh, that I've ever seen in waitress, and the audience was loving life. It was literally like the talk of everything. Every, like Drew Gelling performance tonight was absolutely incredible. That's another thing I want to talk about: Sarah Bareilles, Christopher Fitzgerald, and Drew Gelling. I don't mean this in the I'm I I'm only saying this to compliment their performances in the show. But I truly don't think anybody can perform their roles better than Sarah Bareilles plays Jenna, Christopher Fitzgerald plays Ogie, and Drew Gelling plays Dr. Palminer. Now, I know a lot of them, all three of them, have had the most time in those roles and with the show. Uh, Christopher Fitzgerald's been with it since it opened, same with Drew Gelling, and obviously Sarah Bareilles, like since it was a thought because she wrote it. um, <laughs> So it, it's kind of hard to beat that. And um, the way that they are with their characters, like they are the character, like it just, it, it's insane. Like, and, and then their, their dynamics together, Drew and Sarah's dynamic together is just absolutely incredible. Christopher Fitzgerald literally like has standing ovations every show because he's just absolutely hilarious. It's, it's incredible. Anyways, that's enough about waitress. Um, drew they're just all so good i had a blast i literally this is the magic of live theater because you go and you're like oh i'm seeing waitress for the seventh time meanwhile it's like i saw waitress for the seventh time and something that's never happened before happened tonight and so like that's the beauty of live theater because you just never know what's going to happen and it's a different show every night and the audience was absolutely going bonkers because it was like her it's part of her last week of doing the show um just incredible stuff so uh huge huge thank you um to to Waitress and Sarah Bareilles and everyone uh who who made that happen tonight and uh yeah it was it was it was incredible uh it was so funny sorry I, I I'm getting over it so um moving on the actual like bit of news that i want to talk about is that waitress is having a scheduling change actually so starting november 1st uh they will primarily have wednesdays off and they will which is usually like a two show day so now they have two shows available and those two shows are going one to saturday night and one to monday So, uh, they will be doing two shows Saturday, two shows Sunday, and then a Monday evening performance, which is going to be something very exciting um, for everyone in the Broadway community, especially for those who work in the community, because they will actually be able to go see the show, uh, Both, and they will have two options, both on Sunday night and Monday night. Um, And that's very exciting for when you work in the industry, and it also is great for ticket sales, because it's like, oh, what show is going to be on on Monday? Oh, there's like three, and it's Waitress is one of them, let me go uh check out waitress so it's very good stuff very exciting stuff for waitress great for um great for like the show itself and uh i think that's going to be really great moving forward for the whole community i think that um i know wednesday is kind of weird to have like a day off uh as someone who works in the industry but um I think it's going to be great because then they can go see the shows on Monday. The other shows can go see your show. Um, Audiences will now have more options to go see a show on Monday. Um, I just think it's great for everyone involved. So just a little note there, nothing uh, too major, but I thought, uh, you know, once you're in it, you're like, you understand and whatnot. So, uh, but huge congrats. I know I said it last week. Huge congrats to Chicken and Biscuits, Lots of a Colored Man, Tina Turner, The Musical. Um, is this a room? Um, and then there were a couple others that opened. Everyone had wildly successful open, uh, successful openings, uh, which is so exciting. I love seeing all this new, uh, art thriving literally right now. And, uh, chicken and biscuits I heard is just absolutely incredible. So I can't wait to go see that anyways. You've heard me talk long enough on this intro. I'm going to turn it over to Nikki Torsha and then I'm going to do a drama dictionary in the outro. So stay tuned, everyone. But right now, let's turn it over to Nikki Torsha. Nikki Torsha, curtain up. This week, we have a highly anticipated show with a highly anticipated guest. Uh, You may know him from Kinky Boots, The King and I, A Christmas Story, or Elf the Musical. Or you may watch him every Thursday as Eli Stabler in Law and Order's Organized Crime. And you listen to his music every Thursday when you listen to Take a Bow. So everyone, welcome to the show, Nikki Torsha. Thanks for being here, Nikki. Thanks for having me, man. That How was, are you?
2: That was a wonderful introduction. Oh right? my god, did you like that? They're watching you every Thursday. They're day. watching me. They're stalking They're me. They're stalking. I'm, I'm being hovered over. No, thank you. I thanks for having me. I oh my god, appreciate it. I feel like
1: th- I want to say thank you for having me. We are currently in your home <laughs> doing this. Yeah. Um, no.
2: So thank you. No, no, it's been. I feel like we've been talking about me coming on here for a while. I know. Yeah,
1: you're just like a star, though. You're like a TV star, and you're like <laughs> no, so busy.
2: No, I mean, I may be busy, but I'm not a star. But I, I appreciate the the thought.
1: You're getting there. You're getting there. We're all getting there, right? Yeah. Um. So the way I usually like to start out these episodes and whatnot is kind of asking everyone like what got them inspired and whatnot yeah. to start doing what they're doing now.
2: Yeah. Um. So my parents were both musicians. My mm-hmm. dad was a sax player and a clarinet player. And my mom was a pianist. They met in music theory class. So very oh. romantic <laughs> musician story. Um, my mom was a director in the middle school, the local middle school back where I grew up outside of Pennsylvania as a part of her music teaching job. And I was always on in the theater as a kid. Mm. Um painting, painting the sets, you know, the black boxes, painting all black as a sure. toddler and all those stuff. So I was in the environment a lot. And one day, I guess I just wanted to do productions of my own. Yeah. It was maybe, it was, pro- it was probably very stubborn of me to say like, I want to do my own things <laughs> now, mom, I don't want to be with you. But one thing led to another and, you know, now I'm I'm doing it. Now doing you're doing it. it. So, yeah. Was it always like theater or was like TV and film ever a thought? TV and film kind of came later. Okay. And later, meaning when I was like 13. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was pretty much always theater um, and musicals and, you know, singing was always my strong suit. Yeah. I was never a great actor. I could sing pretty well. But so that was the thing that kind of led me to the the shows that i did i think but i had to develop as an actor later sure after as you know the the voice change (laughs) and and the growth spurt yeah so yeah i think it was always kind of theater
1: okay and then like i know you obviously play a lot of instruments you have songs your own you create music all the time like was that always in there with theater or
2: like that came later too i think that came later during that period that I wasn't able to do Broadway anymore because of you know age mm. and finding other artistic avenues to kind of branch out in and do. And you know, my parents both being being musicians, it's very easy for me to to pick up an instrument and, and to learn quickly because my parents are in knowledgeable yeah. in that. Um, so you know, I'm mainly a bass player, but you know, so my parents were able to kind of push me along. That's in cool. That. So it was it's easy. Luck, I mean, I'm lucky to have parents who were musicians. So. Right. Yeah. You were also a very
1: tall kid. Like I always said, like, yeah. you were always one of the tallest <laughs> ones in A Christmas Story and everything. Like, yeah. you were just very tall as a kid. And, like, I don't know. Like, it wasn't, all, like, always age, I feel. Like, you know, because yeah. it's just, like, Broadway's, like, so, like, every little detail counts on you. It's, yeah, like, crazy.
2: Well, when I did Kinky Boots, I was the vacation swing. Mm-hmm. And I ended up and I was going to be renewed for another six months, but I was four six and a half and, mm. not, and not four six so I didn't continue. So that's 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 you know so tough. Yeah, it goes to show you kind of um, how the how the industry works at that age, but you know right.
1: And- I know and it's things that like people don't even think about, you know like how, what and how much goes into all of it. Um, so you started obviously doing regional theater in Philly, right? Yeah. Which is where you're from until you booked a Christmas story. Yeah. With you and with me. Yeah. With you. Um, yeah you poor soul. Um, and, uh, so like, what was that hop like from going from like regional theater to now you're performing in Madison square garden with 5,000 people. Yeah. Alongside you. <laughs> Alongside
2: me. Um, two times a week. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then
1: you eight times.
2: Right. Um, I don't think I understood that Mm -hmm. until I got older. Right. I don't know about you, um, but it was just, we always had such a great time as a group of kids. Right. That it was just playing make-believe on stage with each other. Mm -hmm. And it was never about the, it's weird. and I don't want to say it was never about the performance because I think we all love to put ourselves out there. But a lot of it was just about each other. Yeah. That's how I felt.
1: A lot of it was the stage was our playground, you know, like we in rehearsals and whatnot, like we would go to Union Square and whatnot, like, (laughs) you know, like in between tutoring and rehearsal and whatnot. But like then we would like play on the playground there and we would get like our sports fix, whether it was basketball or just like running up like this giant globe or whatever it was like. And then we could go to the theater and kind of get our creative fix, you know, and it was just like another form of playground that we would just have. Even like backstage, like we wouldn't stop. Like we would play like I
2: Have Arrived and continue to (sighs) just like play, you know. I forgot about I Have Arrived. Oh my God, really? I remember when... I think the thing I missed most about the show, uh-huh. now that you said that, I I think I missed that game the most. Yeah. Like, I remember not really missing the performance, but, you know, hearing our Wrangler, John Mara, talk about everybody in Matilda continuing to play I Have Arrived. Right. And that was what I was jealous about. I was like, I don't get to play I Have Arrived anymore. Oh my God. It stop was, it. It wasn't like, I'm not in the show. It's ended. We closed. It was...
0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Just go to ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply.
1: That was definitely a highlight. Like even like, you know, like even Lucas, Gabby and I who weren't on every night would like come over and like when we weren't performing and still like come to play with you guys just because it was like too much fun.
2: I don't remember the game. I don't remember how to play it.
1: Really? Oh my God. You make like a 20, 30 second skit. And at some point in the skit, you have to say I have arrived. And you have to just That was make, it? Yeah. And you have to just make an environment of something and it was different every night and everyone came up with different like reasons to say I've arrived for however many performances we had in a wow. Christmas story. It I was so much remember,
2: fun. I remember us being like playing it together, uh-huh. but I don't remember that like what we were doing or the context of yeah.
1: that. Wasn't it like in between Right before we would go on for Somewhere Hovering Over Indiana?
2: Dude, I, I don't do know not remember okay. the show. <laughs> That's
1: know. okay. I don't um, know, maybe. Yeah, yes. so but like I but also like going back to the whole like sports things with madison square garden i mean like that's just like another aspect for you and i that we kind of experienced, and even luke spring Mm -hmm. um we like literally when we were off stage or like at intermission we would just like be back playing madden on xbox or something you know we play
2: uh nhl yeah
1: nhl all of those like we would just like but like for us being in madison square garden we were like oh my god can you believe this so like there were like two aspects to us like performing there yeah that's
2: that's funny i don't i don't even think i thought about that really no until i because i wasn't living in new york at that time Mm -hmm. i was still living in pennsylvania if i performed at what i guess i forget what it was back then but the old philly stadium i think it's citizens bank park now but i think it maybe it was still Citizens bank park then Think that would have resonated for me, but yeah. when I moved to New York and I understood the significance of Madison Square Garden and fo- following the Knicks, and I mean I follow my Philly teams more than I do my New York teams, but then I was like, oh, that's cool, we we perform there, we yeah. we're there, you know. Um, but I don't think I had that realization till later. Interesting, yeah. That's okay, but like I know,
1: like I, I'm I'm making you like remember all of these things. Like, no, what, I love it. What was your favorite like memory
2: that you remember from Christmas? Kind story? of, yeah. Oh God! Oh God! I don't. I don't even. I don't know. I honestly, I think it's. I think I said it is just our time backstage. Yeah. and everybody having fun and the tutoring sessions and <laughs> all all those things were probably my favorite memories from the the show
1: i have to say those tutoring sessions there's nothing better than doing school in like a theater setting or like even like an on-set setting and we'll definitely talk more about that when we talk about law and order because i know you just recently had your last one so i definitely want to get into that with you um but like you know this is like your first like tour this is your first like kind of major show with a Christmas story and everything so like what was that like I mean this is like a new process for you and we're touring from city to city Mm -hmm. and we're going to school like not in our regular schools like you know like when you're at home doing shows you can go to school during the day at your regular school and whatnot or like go online or whatever Um, but like what was
2: just how was this adjustment period for you I think it kind of became normal. Mm-hmm. I don't really remember what it was like at first. I think I was just having so much fun that whatever adjustment that I had kind of just. It wasn't even a thought. It wasn't even a thought. Um, you know, because I did Christmas Story was first and then I kind of went to every other project like right away. Right. You know, maybe a month or two in the in the middle and if it was a month or two i was doing regional mm-hmm. and not you know i'm so it just was kind of like this one long four year or i guess maybe three five whatever how many years of just kind of this roller coaster high ride mm. of just this like this thrill and you're on a, you're on a high for that long and uh it definitely made the the early teenage years harder because you're used to performing all the time and getting that constant uh recognition or something about you know people standing and applauding for you every night when you don't have right. that it's like you know what are you gonna do
1: there's a piece of you
2: missing yeah. you know it's it it's is. very metaphorical and but it's true it's really true
1: yeah well talk to me like okay so, as I mentioned, maybe I didn't mention, but you did play shorts in A Christmas Story. Yeah. So, obviously, when I say that, I have to ask the question that everyone's been waiting for. What was it like to get your tongue stuck to the pole every night? Did it?
2: What? <sighs> Wait. You mean the triple dog dare? Yeah. Oh, um. Oh, yeah, because Michael would get his tongue stuck, yeah. right? Okay. He got his tongue stuck um that's a fun that was a fun scene that was really fun yeah i think um yeah that was a super fun one um i remember we we did something before that scene where uh-huh. i would definitely often forget my lines in that part <laughs> uh-huh. um, i don't remember we, we were definitely doing something i remember like me and alexa uh, mm. amnesiac um being back on that side of the wing and talking with you or somebody <laughs> and then having to quickly run on stage and me being very flustered of like, what scene am I in? Right. Um, but that was a fun one. Yeah. That's a classic scene. It's a classic. Scene. Yeah. It was good. Did I, did I ever tell you the story about, you said me playing Schwartz, but I wasn't going to play Schwartz originally. No. Did I tell you that story? Well, I was cast as swing. Oh. And then the, the guy who was going to play Schwartz, who I'll, tell you off um recording because i don't know if you would want me to say this but he was catching schwartz and he was in another show on broadway and uh, so they wouldn't let him out of his contract so they asked me if i would like to play schwartz i was like sure oh yeah that's awesome and, and it wasn't at the time i said yes because i was nervous about learning all those tracks sure especially because i was younger uh so when i had the opportunity just to play one role i was like yes yeah um so yeah
1: that's awesome i didn't realize that yeah maybe i did and i just like I it know. was a while ago yeah
2: wow that's crazy look at yeah. you
1: you already got a promotion before it even started <laughs> yeah. look at that uh um, more of
2: a, a situational promotion but yeah i guess a promotion nonetheless
1: do you remember how that worked like the whole like pull in like getting your getting his tongue stuck you know it was a fake tongue it was a fake tongue yeah I couldn't
2: remember. He just kind of clenched on it with his front teeth. Okay. Yeah, one of the adults would hand it to him behind oh. the pole, I think. And then he would just clench it, and then somehow it got stuck.
1: Somehow it got stuck. <laughs> I <don't remember>. Interesting. <laughs> I know. I was, like, trying to remember, and I was like, you know what? Nick, it was definitely know. a
2: fake tongue that would stretch really far. Yeah. Uh, ob- so that it was the cartoonish kind of effect. but
1: Yeah, plus, like, for the people in the back right. of the 5000 theater that could see like can't you know see what's happening yeah yeah so oh interesting well there you have it love theater go. magic yeah. um so so then you made your broadway debut in kinky boots which you alluded to a little bit earlier as the vacation swing um talk to me about your experience there what was it like to like finally do some theater in new york but but i mean like you already did it in a christmas story right. but like
2: it was great. Um, that's still one of my favorite memories. Yeah. Because I guess technically that was my Broadway debut. Sure. Even though our Madison Square Garden thing was... Right. I know. Probably it feels Broadway, like it was Broadway. But technically Kinky Boots was my Broadway debut. So that was a very fun night and, and experience. mm mm-hmm. um, The story of getting Kinky Boots was also frantic. It, it. This theme will probably come up as we talk about the things that I've been in as... Mm-hmm every time the audition process has been so frantic. Like the more frantic it is, the more chance I have of getting it for some reason. Right. Great Christmas story. I did, you know, 13 callbacks, right. 12 or however many it was. And kinky boots. I was taking the New Jersey transit mm-hmm. from Pennsylvania and our train got stuck in <gasps> Secaucus. Shut up. Yeah. The last stop. And so I would ended up being like, like two hours late for my no way or Yeah. And so when I showed up, it was the casting director's lunch break. So I said, can I come in? And she said, sure. We're eating lunch, but if you don't mind, you know, so I just was in during their lunch break, people are on their phones. People are eating their salads. <laughs> oh my God. You know, I did Salad, probably like, I don't know, 16 bars, eight bars, my song. Uh-huh. And they cut me off and said, Thanks. And I was like, oh my God, that was so embarrassing. And they cut me off from the, like, the start of my song. Sure. And they told me to leave and I had to go on their lunch break and I ruined it. I right, The train got stuck. Right. And on the way back, on the train back, I got a call from my agent and said, they want you to start like in two days. What? Yeah. And I learned the, the show. I mean, the, the kid role in that show was not a lot, mm-hmm. but I learned the show on Tuesday afternoon and then we did the show Tuesday night.
1: Oh my God. Yeah.
2: So frantic and crazy, but you know, that's seems to be how it works out. That's you insane. Know? Yeah.
1: That's such a cool story though. Yeah. I hate that. I feel like, I feel like that's been a trend with me too. not, as far as like frantically and whatnot. But like, I always feel like the auditions that I didn't do really well in, like, I feel like I could have done better or the ones that I actually like happen to
2: get. It's really bizarre. Yeah. Or a lot of things that I got, you know, something was stressing me out that day Mm. or where there was some silly drama at my elementary school or sure. And I think weirdly it gets you out of your head. If you have some, especially as young actors, I feel like a lot of them, or at least I know I did this was kind of plan out your scene. Mm. Very rehearsing for sure. Like a very rehearsed way. And you know, if you don't do it to the, you know, exactly how you planned it, it kind of throws you off. Right. But if you're out of your head and you're not even thinking about it um, and you just kind of do the scene, how it naturally feels in the moment, that's so much better than however you just would rehearse it by yourself in your room. Cause how whatever the reader is giving you is obviously different than how what your the voice in your head is saying right you know so i think that it was good that they were all frantic because if i was worried about something else i didn't have the energy to be concerned about what i was going to do in the audition and just did it
1: right yeah. no absolutely i agree well that's good um oh so i always say like you know, they don't necessarily like consider a Christmas story Broadway, but I feel like it was, and it was like good preparation for Broadway. Yeah, I mean, we were in New York. We got to meet like all the people, like I said earlier, like we got in the habit of doing school park show, you know, like that whole thing. Did you feel that way? Like for Kinky Boots, like did you feel like there was a lot of similarities or was there like another adjustment period?
2: It was very similar, if not the same, just Mm -hmm. a different show. The same crowd I was hanging out with same people the same parks the same yeah yeah it was like the second show it wasn't the
1: first totally and it was cool too because like that whole season it really seemed like literally everyone in a christmas story was like (laughs) doing matilda fighting pippin or like one of the shows you know lion king like something um and so like it really felt like we were all in the same show together without being backstage with one another
2: right you know it was just a cool... It was a cool time to be on Broadway. It was a very cool time. I'm not sure if it's like that anymore. Yeah. I don't... There's not many kid shows. There's not a lot of kid shows. And yeah, I think we all just kind of got lucky. Yeah. For that, that we were born and to happen like that, that whatever, five-year span or six-year span. Totally. I think it was happening before us, though. But yeah. It's, yeah. It started before us, but I feel like it like grew, you know? Like...
1: Because... Mm-hmm kinky boots opened in 2015 so like it was all started in that area where it's continuing to grow yeah. and like it was cool because like even like the community was like still so, so strong that like violet with emerson steel like she would come over yeah. to the park like even though it wasn't open anymore like everyone was just still like coming over school of rock then right. opened right. and like you know like it was just like it just yeah. kept getting bigger every like month it seemed yeah It was really cool. Um, So then you went on to do Elf, the musical, right? And you played Michael Hobbs. Come on, what a character! What a show! Fun role. Oh my god, I can't imagine. (laughs) Okay, did you ever do Michael? No. Okay, I, I didn't. But you seem to have like a knack for these holiday shows. I know. I know. Wait, um, what is it? Is it your know, like charming face around the holidays? What, it warms
2: everyone. Yeah what, I, <laughs> yeah. what I think it was, was what I was saying earlier is they didn't... Those shows were very music-driven mm. and having that in my family and being that singing was my strongest thing. The big belty, you know, um, cliche Christmas stuff, which I think was you know, up my alley. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I had the chubby cheeks and the bangs and the, the whole spectacle. <laughs> the bangs, oh you my know? gosh. So <laughs> I think it was just, yeah, whatever type cast their, uh thing that was, it seemed to really work for me. Yeah. I don't know why. Do you still like listen? Cause like I know like everyone
1: when they see like Elf the musical, everyone's like so curious right away like what kind of songs are in yeah. Elf the musical? Cause it's yeah. just like not. It's great music. Yeah. It's, it's great, great music. Yeah.
2: I love the Buddy the Elf song. Like, right. it, it, that's like your big one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, yes, that one. And then the big one for Michael is the, uh, i don't know the name of the song but without a doubt there is a santa claus oh um, okay um that's a really big one when michael first sees santa Mm. you know um and that was um a great that was great that was um an opportunity to do a bigger role in a show because christmas story was uh, the ensemble with all all of us kinky boots was you know a very small part at the beginning and at the end kind of of an appearance but elf was a you know you have scenes by yourself and you have other songs by yourself and it was a good stepping stone in terms of um roles yeah totally
1: especially because king and i was a pretty nice role yeah yeah yeah. Uh, king and
2: i was was yeah yeah talk to me about it go ahead go into it um King and I, yeah, that was, I think that was the perfect show for me to leave off on, especially because I was going into TV and film Mm -hmm. because that was almost like a play. It was almost like a, it wasn't like a typical musical I felt. Mm. I, I think it being Lincoln Center and being a very high regarded place and You know, Bart Shear, our director, he's just, I mean, brilliant. And he is, you know, he really works with, um, he really tries to have the actor come out. And he loves, I mean, it's a very dramatic show. I mean, if you've seen King and I, it's like a really intense, like heavy subjects. So I think that really helped me moving forward into TV and film because it was, a dramatic role it was some singing but it was very acting based and it, that was an adjustment I had really? a lot of rehearsals throughout my entire run I was doing rehearsals before the night shows like wow. every week probably doing you know three or four rehearsals every week during the whole time wow yeah it's crazy just sharpening on the scenes going over with Bart I worked a lot with Bart's wife she was amazing that's so and cool we would just meet together at the theater and we would go up on the stage. Obviously we would turn the lights on and go on the stage and we would just work on it. Just Every- like you and her. Yeah. That's awesome. And we did that for a long time. So that was a lot of training and definitely kind of gave me a new perspective of acting moving into the the other stuff that I'm, I'm doing now. So I'm really glad that I got to do that because again, I keep saying it, but it gave me a new new perspective totally it really opened your acting chops you know yeah well i think it started the idea of being an actor right um you know i even remember in the first rehearsals because really quickly a story of how i went from elf to king and i oh yeah because i we were in dallas an elf and i had sent in a tape early on the tour but we had just closed in Dallas for – we were in Dallas for like maybe a week. Mm-hmm. And we f- I flew on a red-eye to New York City oh my God. on our travel day and did the audition in the afternoon and then took a red-eye that night to Atlanta, our next stop, and then did the show. So, And then I got King and I and we closed in Ohio on a Sunday. We traveled back to New York – monday equity day oh off my god and then tuesday started rehearsals for King and I. jesus so it was like one year of just fluid shows um so i remember in the rehearsal process with bart of you know me just having these weird tendencies that would not be a english boy from the 1800s oh sure you know having my hands in my pockets speaking a certain way yeah my accent we worked a lot on the accent about you know having the British accent that was specific to this time period and where I was born and what city and all that stuff. So it wow. was really detailed based and really great for me to, to move into a, a more dramatic um, acting stuff. That's
1: so interesting. Cause yeah. I know you played Michael Banks and Mary Poppins too, right? but obviously like there was a difference between that and Oh, for sure. Oh,
2: interesting. That was treated, I guess in the rehearsal process as every other musical but i guess i can relate king and i king and i was more similar to me to the stuff i do now on on tv and film sure in terms of the rehearsal process and the way bart approached everything sure than than all my other stage performances were interesting yeah i like that though that's cool yeah it was really great Everything, it seems, like, like led
1: you up to the, yeah, the next... Yeah, I just feel like I got so lucky yeah. with, with how this everything... This whole journey is really cool.
2: I know. I feel like I got really lucky.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And now talk to me, too. Like, I mean, you've been in shows with a lot of kids, and then you've been <laughs> in shows where there's, like, only two kids, you know? Like, yeah. King and I was another, like... Heavy kid show. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of kids. Yeah. Um, do you I mean, like, is that something that you enjoy where there's a bunch of people that you're your age and whatnot, or do you kind of enjoy building the
2: relationships mm. with adults too? Well, that's funny you say that because I've always felt like and I guess you can talk about this too, is that we had to we had to be friends with the adults. Right. So we had to learn how to get along with the adults. Sure. And obviously kids usually don't get along with adults because there's different ways of thinking so um i always felt like hmm i wouldn't say i preferred lots of kids or no kids Mm -hmm. obviously i had the two experiences you know elf being just me and the other boy harper who was um opposite me who would transition i
1: think i went to you to your elf fitting are you serious yeah wasn't it across the street from second stage maybe it could have been We'll have to ask your mom. I don't know. I just feel like maybe I was staying with you guys that weekend. And <laughs> I, I don't know. That was just oh. a weird thing. Because then I met Harper. And then you guys came yes, to Finding were, Neverland as well. Yeah, like...
2: <laughs> I have a photo. We won't put... We won't... Maybe you can put on your Patreon. But uh, <laughs> I have a photo of us. Or I took a selfie of you sleeping.
1: Oh, my God. Stop it. And you were very mad at me, I think, when I... It's terrifying. I probably was sucking my
2: thumb. Was I? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, good. Um, but <laughs> yes, you were—you definitely did go to my outfitting. Now that you say that,
1: yeah. Sure. Oh my god, that's so funny. Okay, continue because then I threw you off. Um, we were talking about kids and like you were comparing right. Harper and you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I prefer either one, but I feel like I had to get along with adults very well. Right. The kids in King and I, we were kind of separated. Me and. Um, but Benel, um, Fambrini, you know, Benel, <laughs> yeah. uh, we were just in a dressing room by ourselves because mm-hmm. we were the, the quote unquote older boys and then there were the girls and then there were the younger boys. And so we were just by ourselves mm-hmm. and most of my scenes were not with the other kids were with the adults. Mm-hmm. Right. And I spent a lot of time with the Wranglers and with the adult ensemble and that was in King and I and Elf as well. Cause it was only one of the kids. So me and Harper would just spend a lot of time with the adults. So I feel like even though I was in shows with a lot of, with, with a lot of us, I felt like I got along with the adults better, better. Almost, yeah. Or I, that was just how I had to be. It was a situational, you know?
1: Yeah. I think too, like, you know, when you're a kid in the industry and like, you have all of these adults around you and they've like, i don't know like you know it's a normal thing for a kid to look up to an adult and so like when you're like going to rehearsal with them and you're seeing them and you're like wow you're really good like as kids we like we don't know we're good you know like and like still like even as like a person you don't even like know how like i don't know you don't know how to evaluate yourself but like you can like so easily evaluate someone else especially someone who's older than you definitely or yeah, like man. that you look up to, so like yeah. I totally agree with that. Like I feel like even in like the Christmas story rehearsals, you know, like we would always go up to Erin Dilly and be like, "Your scene where you're just like so sad and you're like gonna cry and you're like having this like midlife crisis. <laughs> it's just like so good every time." And she's like, "Thank you so much." Yeah,
2: I reached out to her recently yeah. actually because she works at Pace. Oh my God! Right. Um, which I'm looking to go to. Right. So, um. We're going to FaceTime Kurt. in the next few days. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So. That's awesome. She's wonderful. Love yeah, she's it. so sweet.
1: Yeah. And I just talked to John Bolton on this the, a couple like oh, weeks really? ago.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah,
1: I love John Bolton. He's hilarious. What a riot. He was like out in his like ski cabin like his like winter cabin up in (laughs) new york upstate new york and whatnot awesome he has two dogs now from the guy bill berloni who like had to bump his hounds yeah he has like the dogs he adopted from him you know like it yeah it's really cool so like everyone he was saying like how just like connected a christmas story has still been in his Mm -hmm. life you know it's really cool that that family was really cool in christmas story i know we keep alluding to it but yeah yeah. Um. Uh, so let's talk about some law and order stuff shall we okay yeah s- yeah i mean this is what you're doing right now uh you're currently on law and order organized crime uh y'all are
2: in season two Yes. So
1: you guys are going strong, which is great to see. Hopefully and and I we continues. don't have a visual,
2: but Eli is sitting in the Law and Order chair at the moment.
1: I know I'm very cool. I feel <laughs> very cool right now. I feel like I'm on set in a way, you know. I have like yeah, headphones yeah, yeah, yeah. and I got my computer. I'm like, wow.
2: I'm yes. like, you're, I'm living you're doing the edits on the next, uh,
1: yeah, episode. <laughs> that's coming out Thursday yeah. um, or today because you guys will be listening to this on Thursday. Um, yeah. So it, yeah, it's so cool to see you up. On TV, Thank I don't you. know. It's always cool to see your friends on TV and be yeah. able to watch them work. I love your character and the dynamic with you and your dad, Elliot Staler, played by Christopher Maloney. Maloney? Is yes. that right? Yes. Um, what is it like like working with him and kind of just like being on set and everything?
2: Chris is great. I mean, he's really amazing. Um, he's so committed. Yeah. And we have a great fan base and... A lot of people love to show up to our sets. No way. And, you know, getting to watch his professionalism with everybody and taking pictures with everybody wow. and FaceTiming all their friends on their phones and selfies. And he's so, you know, loving and and his work is so brilliant. I mean, he's. there's been a few times where we've been doing scenes and I'll just find myself like watching him from an audience perspective and then um, i'm have to go oh wait no we're okay no 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 i'm we're in the scene together like i have to get back but you know because he's so captivating Mm. which is you know and he's obviously been doing this for a long time so you know it's just a since he's been doing it for a long time i think that's a testimony to how great he is because he's yeah yeah he's extremely talented he's really great yeah Yeah.
1: and it's cool because like seeing you guys on the screen together, it's yeah. wild how like similar your features are. He has yeah. very distinct features, and you yeah. match them perfectly.
2: Yeah, I know that's great. Yeah, <laughs> happy, I mean, how uh, that worked out? <laughs>
1: that makes sense, right? I mean, that's why you're probably casted. Yeah. Uh, but w- that's so cool. What is it like to work on set? Like, because you guys are currently filming season two. So, like, yeah. what is it filming in these
2: COVID kind of times? Oh, man, it was crazy, especially season one. Yeah. Because it was one of the first NBC productions to to start up, or one of the first, I guess, productions anywhere to start up. We began maybe January. Really? Of last year. Um, Oh, my God. So, and it was still, it was getting a little bit better then, but not really. So, you know... Acting with masks in rehearsals a challenge. And, you know, as you know from on set... Oh, we also... Speaking of on set, we have to mention Forever at some point. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway. So, <laughs> as you know, on set, you know, the group lunches, mm-hmm. the table reads, oh. all that stuff. That stuff doesn't exist wow. anymore. You know? I think that it's everyone separated. I mean, you get your lunch delivered to you in your own dressing room and that's it. You know, you're very social distanced and you know, it's, it was definitely challenging and odd, but it's getting better. Luckily some restrictions are lifting up. You know, when we, whenever we do outside scenes, we don't have to wear masks and that's Mm. really great. Um, I won't give too much away, but is this coming out next Thursday? Yeah. Okay. So, I guess the episode tonight, there is an outside scene that I am in. That's all I will say.
0: Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> um, and
2: Amazing. That was the first time I got to see a lot of our crew's face. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Because we're always inside. Interesting. And we've done a few outside, other outside scenes, but we just were given permission to not wear a mask outside very recently. Right. So we that was the first outside scene that I was a part of that I... Could see everybody's face. I was like, "Oh my god!" I know it's you? like meeting you for the first <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, like, wait, who are you? Are <laughs> yeah, you, are you that person? So, um, it, it it's been weird. Yeah, it's been weird. Do you have to like? Okay, the, I'm sure
1: I won't assume, but I'm sure everyone has to be vaccinated, right? Yes. Um, do you guys
2: do like daily like testing? Yeah, we get tested 48 hours before we're on set. Okay, and then we used to have a rapid. Before we enter any sure NBC facility, but we don't have to wrap it anymore. Oh, okay. So it's just the PCR forty eight hours before, and then a quarantine before you go on set. So
1: good stuff.
2: Yeah, and and you've been like just cranking it out with like
1: school and filming and everything. (laughs) Like, and and as I alluded to earlier, you just recently had a birthday and you're eighteen, and so you don't have to do tutoring on set, right? Um, talk to me first about tutoring on set, and then we're going to talk about what it's like to not have a tutor on set and how to still keep up with schoolwork. Yeah. Tutoring on
2: set is great. Yeah. It's really... It's kind of too great. It is. It's kind of, you know... Uh, it's It can be very easy to get work done. Yeah. The tutors have are very generous. Um, and it's always fun, especially when you have other kids. Mm. It's funny. My tutor... Her name is Nancy. Love Nancy. She for Law and Order. Yeah. Okay. She was tutoring other kids and other projects at the same time as me because we were tutoring over Zoom. Mm. So she was able to tutor a lot of kids and all these other shows. Oh my god. In like time. a breakout. Yeah, <laughs> no, so oh my we god. Were all in one Zoom room and we would all go to breakout rooms and she would just visit everybody. That's awesome. Um, so I guess. It wasn't, it's not the same as being in the same room with everybody, but, um, you know, it's tutoring is, I think I have developed liking one-on-one teaching because of tutoring on set.
1: Mm -hmm. We're spoiled.
2: Yeah. Very spoiled.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: And, uh, like you said, it, it does
1: motivate you too. like, you know, you have three hours of school, like a day that you're technically like required to do. Right. Right. And so like. Or, like, you bank it and you, like, kind of take it away from your bank. But you're like, oh, shoot, I only have, like, this chunk of time to, like, complete this, this, this. So it yeah. does, like, motivate you. So there's, like, pros and cons. But like you said. Yeah, you know, there's too- pros
2: about you definitely get worked on. Yeah. It was very hard for me now um, to do, uh, you know, like, some type of algebra assignment during we're switching you know, camera angles. We have to. I have to like right. go do five minutes of tutoring. I know, and that's very hard for me to remain focused. Yeah, because of the you know my my method and everything. Um, so that was very hard, but you do get a lot of work done, mm. and that's good. <laughs> totally
1: um and now talk to me what it was like to like well what it is like not was like um to like not have a tutor and kind of when you're on set like when do you or do you like do you have this system now where you're like still figuring out like you get your work done before you go to set
2: or do you do it on set i just kind of do my work like i wasn't on set just kind of here in my room Whenever I have the time. Sure. I'm not taking a lot of classes this year. Oh, okay, so that's good. it's very easy for me to get my work done this year. Senior year, baby. I know. So, <laughs> I mean, college applications are right. a whole another thing. But so I don't, I'm not taking a lot of classes. So it's easy for me to get my, my work done.
1: You poor child. Yeah. You poor child. <laughs> I
2: just realized that. You're
1: doing school. You're doing college applications and you're filming a TV show. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh my God. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's a great, it's busy, but it's a great busy. Uh-huh. I'm, it's a very great problem to have. Yeah. Um, I would, I'd rather be busy than not busy. So Totally. Um, so yeah, I kind of just do my work whenever and not having a tutor on set hasn't been an issue yet for me getting my work done right um you know i'm not there every day so it's you know i have i I have some time i I do um i'm probably there you know once a week or
1: oh well that's good once
2: every week and a half or something Mm -hmm. like that you know
1: yeah and i appreciate you fitting
2: me into your little oh no it's fine i Today's today is is a very light day for me. So good, it was great. Yeah. I'm glad it worked out.
1: Okay, so let's move on to this fan question. Oh, uh, I'm, so, I'm was, so excited. Okay, so our, one of the patrons of Take About, Diana Damore, uh sent in. A question. Well, uh, she sent in both a comment and a question, and both read of them me are the really comment. good. Read so, me the comment first. Yeah, I definitely want to read them both. So she said, "I'm a big fan of the Law and Order saga, especially SVU. I've watched OC. I'm assuming that's Organized Crime yeah. as well. And whenever I see Nikki, I think of Take About. It's awesome that he's going to be a pod- uh, He's going to be on the podcast as a guest. And then the question is wonderful." Yeah. My question, very sweet of her, by the way, um, my question for him is, oh, wait, my questions for him are, okay. what is it like working on a t, uh, working on TV versus working on stage? Great and question. do you prefer one over the other?
2: So okay. you answer that. That's one a really awesome question. Mm-hmm. It's a different craft. Yeah. It's a different thing. It's totally different. Um, obviously the, you know, the literal differences of you have a camera in front of you (laughs) and you get to see it's much closer as you would be, you know, if you're sitting in the back row of a theater or if you have, you know, a a square box, that's like just your face, right? It's, It's a very different method of expressing. If I am trying to express to the back row, like we always talk about. You know that I would look like. It's mean, to make our tongues <laughs> bigger, right? I would, I, would, I would make. I would look like an insane person on camera, right? If I acted, so it would look like I was. I don't know, insane. So it's a whole different technique. It's a whole different style. Um, and in a show, you get to do it every night, mm-hmm. once. In camera, you get to do it a lot, but it's that day, right? So. You know, you have to maintain, if it, you're doing it a very emotional thing, it's not like you can just work yourself up through it throughout the play and then have a moment. You have to keep getting back to that same moment over and over and over again. Right. Um, and, that's, and that's, I mean, that's part, that's the job. Um, and it's just a different thing. I don't know if I have a preference. I, I guess my preference. Um, no, I don't have a preference.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I have a preference. What's your preference? Mine's theater. Yeah. But solely because I love the fact of the live audience. And I've That's always great. said that, like, if I was on, like, a TV show or, if, like, if I was living my best fantasy, like, on Friends or, like, yeah, something yeah. that, like, I could be on a TV set with a live audience, I feel like it would just be, like, so much better. Because I
2: just, I love that immediate feedback that audiences give yes that's another thing you do not know how you're doing yeah
1: and really hard to know <laughs> like
2: I'm, no literally
1: yeah. and i'm always like what can i do better like what am i doing because like you know like when you do the scene so many times in one day it, it, you start to question you're like oh did i do something wrong that we have to do it again course, yeah. or like you know like there's always that thing um in the back of your head and whatnot and the other thing too about tv I, I love both. I, I've always said that I love both, and yeah. but I do like that immediate response from audiences. Um, but with TV, it's it's hard too, because like you said, you jump around, and it's not like like literally you can be doing two or three different episodes in a day. You know, like yes. so, like you're like what. What part am I doing? What is this episode as a whole? What is my character arc in this episode? You yeah, know, yeah, well,
2: like- yeah, we don't shoot things in order. No, I think that's people a lot of, a lot of times. People think that it's in order, or yeah. I don't know why, but people think that. Um, and I guess if you don't know, then how how would you know? No, you exactly. So yeah, um, it's it can be challenging to shoot something that's at the end of an episode when yeah we have to remember the past right That in you and then i think that's that's fine doing an ending if, if you're doing an ending first and, and the beginning last the first part of that i'm doing the ending first is fine because it's just like any other scene you just have a background in your head but when you're doing the beginning after you've done the mm-hmm. last trying to block out what you've done like yesterday yeah and, and say that that doesn't exist anymore that's more challenging yeah um but knowing that result Yes. While you're doing it. You yeah. Know. I mean that's and but and that's but that's also for any kind of performance, you know. Right. Um that's and that's being in the moment.
1: Yes. Yeah. Acting is tough, man. Acting is tough. Okay, here's the other question. Oh, I kinda I oh I kinda took it away from her, but we're gonna do it anyways. Um my other question is what is it like working with Chris Maloney and yeah. Mariska Hergate? Yes. Um Um but wait, there's also more. Um, And not only being part of this iconic franchise, but also being a part of a new series uh, that is adding something new to a franchise that has been around for over 20 years.
2: Yes. So I will start with uh, Mariska and Chris are wonderful. I have the great pleasure of acting with both of them often, Mm -hmm. hopefully well, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to say anything besides that. <laughs> Hopefully that already wasn't a spoiler. But I get to uh, act with them often. And, uh, you know, a lot of my scenes are with the two of them. And then also my grandma on the show, played by Ellen Burstyn. Mm-hmm. Ellen is, yeah. I mean, my job is extremely easy when I get to work with any of those three people. right? Because, you know, I mean, Ellen, you know, she's my best actress. She's amazing. And uh, they're so great. And I was so surprised, especially my first day of set in season one. um, If anybody knows the show, my first scene that I ever filmed was my mother's funeral scene, Mm. um, which was a bit nerve wracking. My first day on set and having to like cry over my mother's death. Um, And that was also the first scene they did in the entire um, series. Well, that was the first scene that we that they ever did so <laughs> um but I, and Mariska and Chris were both in that and I was so surprised and so happy to see their commitment because like you said the series has been on for t- 20 plus years and well the original law and order it may be is, is it 30 I don't know a long very long time D- uh decade not decades right decades? yeah decades decades yeah that's just words <laughs> so um <laughs> you know their commitment is like it's day one for them Mm -hmm. you know they're they care so much and we're there to work and it's and that's it you know it's just about the work and it's just about an exploration of these characters in these situations and how they would act and how they would do and it's not about anything else besides let's just explore this script that we're given right and it's kind of uh uh, a great thing and, it, and and they're great um yeah is my answer to that
1: that's your answer to that <laughs> and do you want to touch a little bit on just like being a part of the law and order franchise and kind of like what that means to you were you a big law and order fan like already i definitely
2: yeah for sure i mean i watched the svu mm-hmm. and the original one i mean it's on t it's on tv all the time right and you could probably turn on tv right now and it'd probably be a rerun somewhere and so definitely i I definitely would watch the the show Mm -hmm. um and i'm very honored to be a part of it now yeah um and it's really really great it's really great
1: yeah it's it's really great um i love the show uh i watched a bunch of episodes like <laughs> within the past like two days to right. like, be like kind of know what to talk about yeah. um but no it's awesome i love seeing you up there and like you said like everyone is just you can tell very very dedicated to to their yeah. craft to the work that they're doing yeah um and just like everyone i mean in to be in that franchise, it's it's a, iconic. Like, you know, yeah. like everyone knows the Law & Order franchise yes. at some point. So uh, it's the best of the best, and uh, you're a part of that. So, yeah. It's yeah, really it's
2: really wonderful.
1: Yeah. Um, you said you wanted to talk about Forever?
2: I think we should mention it. Okay. Well, we were both, for, for people <laughs> listening, There's uh, there was a show called Forever on ABC. Oh, my God. And <laughs> Eli was on it for... A while, right? Well,
1: well, I mean, we only did one season, but okay, yes, that's true. that's true. I was on it a lot. Was it eight episodes? Uh, the season was I think twelve, and I was on about seven or eight. Okay, um, so around that, and I just did one, and we had no idea, by the way, no, that either <laughs> of us were on the show at the time, um, because and, we didn't get to work with each other. no, no, no. I think that.
2: I don't even think... Were you even in the episode that I was in? Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. It was like 2016. I I worked with Caleb on that episode. Um, You know, Stranger Things. Um, And uh, so, yeah. So that was the only kid I I got to work with for um, that episode. I never saw you.
1: Yeah. We didn't see each other in... I I was obviously like I watched the show like we were I was in it you know so I was watching it and I was like Nikki and like I remember like texting you and being like you're in forever yeah (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah I am. I was like, oh my God, what? That's so cool. Um, but yeah, it was just a cool like moment. I feel like that always happens, you know, like even like random things throughout, like it's always like, wow, like everything is so connected. It's just, it's incredible to like see your friends, like doing the same project as you without even knowing it.
2: I know. Especially in that world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. We had, um, uh, on the premiere of SVU and organized an OC, um, that we had a few weeks ago, uh, there was a girl who I went to school with, who was in the SVU episode before me. Oh my god! Um, and so it was funny. I, I sent her an Instagram message, and I was like, "So good to see you on the show." And she's like, "Are you on the show?" Oh my god! And, and I was like, a "Keep like, what? like wait another thirty minutes, right? And then you'll see me." Like, yeah, <laughs> you know that's hilarious. so um, yeah. We were obviously she's SVU and I was OC, but it was just funny to to see that. So I know it's 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 funny how that all. So everybody's connected
1: yeah for real um well i would be remiss not to talk about the take about music that you <laughs> oh, so yeah. generously made uh do you, have, the... do you have
2: do you have seasons on here do you see we i've thought about it but i've never taken a break so i've never done seasons well next time you have a season I'll we'll do i'll make you a new theme a new theme yeah yeah if you want or if, or if it's if it's a thing now then i won't but it or maybe a wait what did you have your 100th episode
1: no 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 No, i'm you're gonna be 73 okay so maybe for your 100
2: that would be we'll have a little rewrite moment or or just a a 100th episode special oh
1: okay Yeah, yeah, yeah i'm down i love it you know it really has like become a thing like sydney and i would always and even i still do it like we would start like our little episodes and then we would have it like, so the way that they do it is like it, they open every episode with like, you're listening to the Broadway podcast network. Yeah. 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 And they have like the network that we're with, like has their own like little intro. So we just do that. And then we will start talking immediately after their intro. And then when we introduce the guests, so like I said (laughs) Like, we play the music, and then it'll go into... This week, we have Nikki Torsha on the wow. podcast. Um, but every time, we, like, sing along with it. And, like, now it's, like, in everybody's head. It's it's catchy. That's great. I'm glad. I, you literally did, like, ten versions of that for us. We were really <laughs> picky on that.
2: No, you shouldn't. I, I'm glad you were picky on it, because you got what you wanted. I feel like that's always a, um, a weird pet peeve of mine. Um, really? People... Because it's funny, anytime anybody watches any of my work or anything like that, obviously the, the phrase everybody always says is, you're so great. Yeah. And I'm always like, really? That was the best performance you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> right. It's like, no, it was not. So that was a nice answer. But what did you think about it? Because I genuinely want feedback on it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I want to grow and I want to get better. Yeah. Yeah. And so I appreciate when people are picky and give harsh feedback because, you know, I'd rather you do that than just be like, it's great and then not use it or sure. say it's great and then hate it and then be stuck with it. Right. You know, so yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, I mean, we
1: are you like, especially me, like I usually am like more of like the, oh, that was great. Like so <laughs> cool. Like better than anything I could do. Like, you know, like, and then like, but you sent us like, three or four like really cool and very different options where Mm. we were like wait what if like this part sounded like the the other part from the other track and so like then you like were combining it was just really cool to see like everything that you were doing like you were did you just like how does that work like did you do it did you play the instruments did you do it i think i played
2: them i don't remember honestly i'll have to find the original file of where it is on my computer and and break it down and remember what I did. Yeah, but yeah, I I played it. But
1: and then you do music of your own. Like you have a song called Specialty. Well, yeah, that's literally one of my favorite. <laughs> like literally, I remember like you were writing it and you were like sending me versions of it. Yeah, and, and you're like or like swipe up on my story if you want to like listen to my song before I release it. And yeah. I was like,
2: this is so good. Like, I like that was a fun one. I mean, there's, you know. Now that the show's moving in second season, and, and I feel a little bit more settled, right? I may put. I have a lot of other songs that are done that I just never put out. Really, and once we cut the the audio, I'll, I'll maybe if you want, I'll play you some. Oh my god! But there's a lot of them that I made after that. Maybe two or not a lot, two or three. Okay, that are done, and I just wasn't perfect for me. Wasn't so, great. I I had done small edits for a long time and then kind of just gave up on it. So I need to, this year, maybe I'll revisit. It's always been a dream of mine to get a music project together. Yeah. um, Is that something you Or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it would be cool. Yeah. It would have to be great. Okay. I would have to like really spend a lot of time on it because I I never want to put anything out there that's not my best Mm -hmm. um, for anything so sure um yeah it, it, but maybe we'll see we'll see if i we'll see <laughs>
1: do you like the music stuff
2: i love it yeah i love it i mean i love doing that i love writing i, I love any kind of artistic avenue that i can right. put out there it's it's something about that that is i guess somewhere inside me that needs needs that whatever it is so sure. it, it exercises the same muscles as acting does for me and you know i love it yeah yeah and tells your story you know like not yes. a character yes well although i do think a lot of what i show through mm -hmm. my character on especially on this show is a lot of me or versions of myself or stuff that it's always interesting um you know feeling comfortable doing that or 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 gives you a way to express yourself in a way that you wouldn't be comfortable expressing yourself as you um so it's very therapeutic actually but yes expressing myself literally yeah <laughs> yeah that's awesome my gosh
1: well nikki i mean that's kind of everything i have today that's wonderful yeah thank you so much for doing this and thank you for welcoming you into your home we have yeah. some candles he
2: like had like a whole setup for me i'm about. very into candles and incense and i'm um i do a lot of meditation and stuff so anytime you come over we will we'll light some candles and in celebration
1: yes and meditate I like that. Oh, I'm yeah. getting into that. Oh,
2: yeah, for sure. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, I mean, honestly, I mean, we've been friends for for so long now. No and I just appreciate everything that, you know, you've done for me, especially in this podcast. You know, like even like yeah. everyone listening, they all know who you are. <laughs> you know, we talk about you all the time. So I'm glad we <laughs> were finally able to do this. Awesome, um, yeah, definitely, definitely over. What is it? Um, definitely. Um, a long t- way overdue, way overdue, yeah. This, long time, yeah. This is definitely, yeah. But, anyways, thank you for doing this. Course, uh, I can't thank you enough, and thank, thank you for, for
2: sharing all your stories. Of course, you. man, thank you for having me. I, yeah I really course. appreciate you letting me come on here.
1: Oh, my god, we have we love it. So, uh, for everyone listening, where can they, uh, they can where can they find you? Where can they follow you? And yeah, keep so
2: up on pretty much the only social media I have is Instagram. Okay, my name, Nikki Torsha. That's amazing my, that's my handle and then torsha t-o-r-c-h-i-a perfect you yeah. nailed it Just in case. and then and nikki with a y nikki with a y <laughs> and uh thursdays on nbc yeah. at 10 o'clock good stuff yeah law and order organized crime good stuff appreciate thank it. you all
1: appreciate it take a bow nikki torsha oh my gosh literally all of these incredible things that he's brought up it was wonderful to talk to him about the dynamics of kind of like going from not doing a tutor on set, not like kind of being like a kid. And then in the next day, you're an adult technically and just how set changes and life changes on set um, and kind of the just everything changes. And um, people don't really think about the. The difference of a day um and it's kind of it's really fascinating um to me uh i appreciate nikki for coming on joining us as always with our guests um i enjoyed talking to him about christmas story i enjoyed talking to him about the take about music which is always exciting for me um <laughs> and i loved his ideas for a hundred episodes uh I love his idea for the hundredth episode, uh, new music changeup. So I'm very excited for that. Uh, we're gonna see how that, how that goes, and what may come of that, which is, uh, to me very exciting. When he said that, I was like, oh my god! So everyone, stay tuned on that. A hundred episodes is gonna be, uh, one to to check out, and uh, just everything he's doing right now. I mean, just the way that he's been able to, uh, transition himself to uh, a mindset where it was kind of just like theater to doing both TV and film and music. Um, it's just, it's fascinating stuff. And it's just crazy to see how um, performers and everyone in this industry kind of has to adjust in so many ways, um, just by their age, by their height, by their look, whatever it may be. Uh, there's so many things that goes into to being a performer in this industry and an artist in this industry. Um, it's really, it's really incredible. And I, I loved uh, highlighting Nikki's journey and story uh surrounding that and it's just a it's just another piece of evidence that uh it's not easy to be a child actor and kind of predict uh transition into just the teen world and uh you really have to get lucky and uh be talented of course but uh you you, it, it a lot of it is is luck too and uh you're at the right place in the right time and you look like the right person and uh nikki has been able to do that, and he's been wildly successful, and it's just so, so exciting. I love when uh, you can see people that you know succeed. Uh, Diana Damore, thank you so much for uh, sending in your question. He was very, very excited about it. Uh, for everyone else uh, who's a patron of Take a Bow, continue to send in those questions because guests love that, and they love hearing from you and not just this kid uh over here on the mic who kind of just asks questions that uh sometimes are repetitive and uh but it always gives a new answer so that's why i continue to do it um but there was so much more we could have talked about with nikki um i'm just really grateful that uh he came on to to share what it was like i mean obviously calvin just talked about the the covid um protocols backstage in a show and now Nikki got to talk a little bit about that on um and then Nikki talked about that what it was like to be on set uh, he kind of alluded to, to many different things about his character moving forward. Um, he talked about, of course, his experience in A Christmas Story with Me. It was really cool to to relive those memories and uh, to talk about King and I and his relationship with Bart Sure and how that kind of influenced his route and kind of made him the performer that he is today. Um, it's just incredible. It was just really good stuff. And uh, I hope that you are you were all able to, to learn and kind of... Um, Pick up on things, you know, like a lot of this stuff is like hidden stuff that uh, they kind of just share stories, but there's so much to pick up from them. Just like something as small as, you know, being able to be at King and I and pick up so many things from Bart Sher's wife, who helped Nikki be the actor that he is today and kind of uh, be confident as an actor. And uh, that's just something that, like, you don't even think of. And it, every opportunity of whoever you're working with, you can always learn from them and it can always shape your craft and whatever you're doing. Um, and you can always pick up things and take things and, and, every, every person who comes into your life influences you in some way. So, uh, I think that was a huge message there. Um, and I just really appreciated him, uh, being so open. Uh, so I really think this is a great episode. Thank you all for listening. Uh, I'm actually going to do a drama dictionary before I leave. So stay with me here. Uh, this week, We talked to uh, to Nikki about Elf the Musical and how it's just when you think of Elf and you're like, oh, how is that a musical? Is it going to be Christmas carols? What is it going to be? And it actually has this incredible score. But what is a score? A score? Isn't that like a a goal? Isn't that like a sports term? No. Okay. And you want to know something? I know I'm like waitress heavy on this show, but waitress is one of those scores that's just like a non-skip for me. And I think it's one of those scores that uh doesn't have a bad song. So, I'm kind of giving you some context here to maybe figure it out on yourself. But if you haven't figured it out yourself yet, a score is what they call all of the just the music in the show. So all of the music and all the sheet music and everything, all of that is called a score. So when you go and you're like, oh, that's a cast recording. And it's like, oh, well, that's the score of the show. You know, like that's the music in the show. Um, It's called the score. If you're in rehearsals for a musical or you're doing like a summer camp or you're doing a voice lesson or something, your music director or whoever is in charge is going to be like, oh, flip to this song in your score or, oh, flip to this page in your score. Um, that's exactly what that means. Um, and so that it just means to go to your music section. It's solely music. It's not anything to do with the script. Um, and it's just a completely different section. So, um, that's what the score is. It is not, uh, it it is a sports term, but not in this situation. And, uh, that's this week's Drama Dictionary Word of the Week. So, that's all I have for this week. This is episode 73, which is one of my favorite numbers. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's all I have for you all this week. I appreciate you all for listening. I appreciate you all for coming back. Um, and welcome to all the new listeners And, uh, yeah, it was a great week, and I can't wait to continue consuming some of that Broadway content and Broadway shows that uh, I've been fortunate enough to go see. So uh, I will obviously keep you guys all updated uh, and give you my thoughts and opinions um, just because I like to share them. I'm not sure if uh, how you guys like to – how you all react to them, but uh, that's okay. It's like a therapy session for me to talk about Broadway, so – Thank you all, and uh, (laughs) uh, I will see you all next week. Bye, everyone. For this episode's Curtain Call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Bernstein, Brittany Bigelow, Katie Rosen, Alan Seals, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow is Tessie Tokash, who edits the audio and all the visuals for this podcast. A special thanks to patrons Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners at PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support if you're interested in becoming a patron go to patreon.com tab and if you enjoyed this week's episode don't forget to subscribe on the platform that you're currently listening to this on also feel free to give us a follow on instagram at take about podcast take logo is designed by giselle bustos and the music is by nikki torsha and Cormac Collinon. bye everyone hope to see you next week